<laughs> okay, now we can start. Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. Jordan Malley. Jordan, great to see you. Through our 670 score scope. Yep, where is he? And it's right over there, Bill. Did Matt Peck yeah. get a signed copy of that book? No, Matt Peck, he didn't know. No. I'll talk to D. Rose. Yeah, you got you. Matt, you will be getting your book soon. <laughs> Left side three. Remy. Remy. Got it. Levine, turn around, jumper up. Get it. Onions. Baby onions. Kobe White. Put him in the Hall of Fame. Locked on Bulls starts now. You can just see the vibe. Here are your hosts, Jordan Malley and Matt Peck. What's up and welcome into Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jordan Malley, along with me is Matt Peck. Follow us on Twitter at Jordan C. Malley, at Bulls underscore Peck, and at Locked On Bulls. Hit us up on our text and voicemail line, 331-979-1369. Drop your text, your voicemails, anything you got for us, 331-979-1369. It's finally time, Matt. It is time for our NBA mock draft, our official mock draft. I know we've done a bunch throughout the summer, throughout the quarantine, but it's here. The Locked On NBA mock draft. I think it's the fourth annual one. We've been a part of three of them, but I'm very excited to get into these picks, Matt. Unfortunately for us, we've been to the lottery every single year, so uh, it's been (laughs) interesting discussion over the last three years. But, man, I'm excited to reveal to our listeners, if you haven't listened to the Locked On NBA show yet, reveal to our listeners who we took it for and why we did it, and also taking a look at the first, uh, first handful of picks. But before we do that, man, how you doing? And what's going on? What's up, Jordan? What's up, Bulls Nation? Looking forward to the discussion today. Yeah. How, how many Delete 8 mock drafts do we do over the summer? Way too many. It felt like a dozen. Way too many. <laughs> so many. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the real draft, not the fake one, the real draft is a week from today. How crazy is that, dude? I'm 110% here for it. We got our first official trade rumor, too, last night. Did you see that? I did, and I feel like we've gotten a smattering of other ones today. I feel like the number six pick is all the all, all that's you know fit to print right now. That's all the hot gossip. Number six, everybody wants to number, pick number six. I guess they want to go after a guy like Isaac Okoro or uh, Onyeka Okungwu. There's a lot of teams that are circling around trying to draft a big man in this or somebody that can play. And some the defense. other one, I think you you mentioned him yesterday. Patrick Williams is the name that everybody. Just keep I don't know who that is. I, like, I'm sorry. I'm not. I already don't study the draft as much as it, some of these draft experts. But he's a name that just like every single time I've listened to a podcast over the last three or four days, his name is brought up and talked about extensively. And I still have no idea who he was. I don't even. I didn't know who he was in February. But I'm trying to think of a guy in a different draft before we go into this mock draft. Is there a guy in the last couple of drafts that's similar to him that we were like, we had no idea who this was before going in, and now all of a sudden, he's the red-hot name? I, I Like, even going back to last year, I can't think of anybody. I mean, no, not really. Not, not in a sense that... And maybe it's because there was this consensus a year ago that this was a pretty, you know, crappy draft class. So everybody's trying to look for that hot name, you know, as we, you know, enter the final countdown stage of leading up to draft night, like who's going to jump up the draft boards and people are, and, you know, I'm sure some of it's stuff being planted by these players agents. And I'm sure some of it is smokescreen stuff from teams trying to hide who they actually like. So you never actually know which one of these players that is like, Ooh, 
he's all the rage right now actually turns out to be an accurate, oh, yeah, they're all the rage for a reason, and they are a, a yet-to-be-discovered star that maybe some team's going to try and, try and steal. Cam Johnson would be the only one from last year that like rose up the boards pretty quickly. Like we even had Kobe White reacting when he got drafted. He got him saying like Cam got drafted where? So that would probably be one. But yeah, like there's again, it goes back to these these guys have been spending over two years on this draft class. So we're getting names out there that we had no idea, right. and I'm sure it's just from staring and at there's these a prospects. rumor out there that the Pistons at seven promised to take Patrick Williams if he's there at seven. So hmm. interesting. Dude, dude is flying up draft boards. I'm glad we're not giving out promises, or at least there isn't any anticipation or expectation that the Bulls are giving out promises this year. But um let's let's uh, speaking of real quick before we dive in, speaking of promises and draft interviews, did you hear the uh comments that uh, we got from Tyrese Halliburton, uh Iowa State guard and potential Bulls draft pick earlier this morning? I did not. Let's. Uh, I hope it so, was good words. So this is Casey Johnson on Twitter. Speaking on a Zoom call with reporters, Tyrese Halliburton said he has worked out for and interviewed with the Bulls. Follow-up tweet from Casey. Halliburton said the interview, quote, flowed and felt more like, quote, a conversation than an interrogation, end quote. And I just, a huge smile cracked across my face because anytime I hear the word interrogation, I think of John Paxson. These become interrogations. They're not interviews. They're interrogations. <laughs> oh, man. That uh, might be one of the greatest. Well, John, wherever you are. I haven't listened to that in a while. That might be one of the greatest interviews done in recent Chicago sports memory. Like, that is a classic radio interview. And holy shit, man. I will come on your radio show if you're not going to be nice to me. We know as well as anyone that we've not done anything. <laughs> with that being said uh the bulls have the fourth pick in this nba mock draft so the nba mock draft is going on over the next uh several days locked on nba mock draft it's going on over the next several days matt and i have talked extensively about moving picks where we think things are going to land who we like the best um if you want to hear a breakdown and analysis of every single pick though the first six picks are out right now so you can go to locked on nba and listen to those uh but they're posted every single day leading up to the draft you'll hear projections of each pick from our expert analysis nba analysts from chad ford the athletics john hollinger and sports illustrated's jeremy Wu. Uh, make sure to check on the feed every single day so you don't miss a pick. Subscribe to them, Locked On NBA, today and wherever you get your podcasts. So, Matt, set up the first three picks for me. How did this go down? What was taken? Who was taken? And where did we end up at number four? So, um, you know, with all the speculation of, oh, maybe maybe LaMelo won't go number one overall. Maybe it'll be Wiseman or maybe it'll be Edwards. It was like, oh, yeah, no, we're we're... <laughs> We're right on. We're right on schedule, and Lamelo was the one to go off the board first to Minnesota, who did keep their number one pick after uh, you know lots of rumors about trades. Um, you know there were a couple of trades um, later on um, in in our mock draft and the later picks, but mostly. And you and I reached out to people um, like kind of in the five through 10 range to see if maybe somebody was interested in trading up to four, but that pretty much seemed to be the overarching theme in this year's mock, uh, mock draft for locked on 
every team was interested in offering up their pick and trading down if they were in the top five, pretty much. So um, Minnesota stayed put at one and took LaMelo Ball. No great surprise there. Golden State, interesting because we've heard, you know, we heard, oh, they they love Denny Avdia and they love Anyeka Okongwu and they even really like James Wiseman. They could use another big. Um, they took Anthony Edwards, who plenty of people say is behind LaMelo, the, the second best prospect in this draft, or maybe in some ways better than LaMelo. Certainly the most gifted and pure scorer um, in this draft class. And, you know, we saw that in many of his games, uh, you know, even though he was playing on a bad team, I mean, what he dropped damn near 40 points to get to Michigan State, that's not easy to do. So Edwards goes number three. And here was this, uh, the interesting thing. Charlotte stays at number three. And they take Onyeka Okongwu. And this is going in line with what we've heard a lot, Jordan. Like, haven't you heard these rumors? I've heard tons about Charlotte really liking Okongwu as, as every team out there is kind of looking for the next Bam Adebayo and that that's a player comp that Onyeka is getting a lot of. So it's interesting that the projected top three, if there was one, Onyeka jumps ahead of James Wiseman. What do you think about that? I think it kind of makes sense considering the fact that a lot of the experts are talking about Wiseman being more of a project than anything else, and he may take a few years. And I mean, we're talking three, maybe four years to get to the player that teams are projecting him to be in the NBA. I mean, can can a team like Charlotte afford to have to grow and develop him alongside a lot of the other young pieces? I'm gonna say no. I'm I'm guessing they're looking for the defensive-minded guy first, and that's somebody Charlotte has never had. Right? They've had guys that could score, but they haven't had guys that can score and play defense, be switchable at the same time. So I'm actually not surprised Charlotte went with a Kongwu because Wiseman has been he's been talked about similarly to the way that Bagley was talked about a couple of years ago. Is like how far is he going to slide down the board? Is he really going to be that guy, or are we overhyping him? So I think he's getting that treatment too, which kind of left us in a weird spot at four is like we've got two bigs here we've got three bigs here and now James Wiseman has fallen in into our laps at four he has fallen into our laps but um and I think despite we maybe ended up taking Wiseman in one of our delete eight mock drafts this summer um but I think it's because we had fallen um, or no, not fault. We hadn't leapt up and we were sitting at seven or eight or wherever we were. And he had fallen to us at that point. We figured, all right, well, let's, you know, take a swing on this being the, you know, the best available and getting great value for Wiseman this far down. I think you and I have never, I've neither of us have ever been that high on Wiseman. Um, and so there are plenty of other options here at four for us. You know, you could go with the, if you wanted to look for a long-term position, uh, Phil at the wing, Isaac Okoro is there. Um, a couple of guards that we have talked about, Killian Hayes and Tyrese Halliburton. There's the Dayton star, Obi Toppin. Great offensive firepower there, but you know everybody's just making so much fun of how god-awful he is on the defensive end. An older prospect who can deliver now, but maybe, uh, you know, peaks out, uh, it tops out a little bit lower than maybe some of these younger guys have with their ceilings. Um, and, and then, of course, the Israeli product that's getting a lot of talk in Chicago, Denny Avdia. So lots of different options. And to me, I have been on board with the idea that the Bulls are going to take a point guard or at least a combo guard with this pick. 
at number four because this team desperately needs playmaking. And while people are hyped about Denny Avdia as a playmaker from the wing or a playmaker as a, a, guy, a guy who could play, you know, the three or the four and as a gifted passer for a guy his size, to me, that's not the same as actual backcourt playmaking. And the Bulls desperately need that. I like Killian Hayes. I think maybe he will be a bit more of a project than Tyrese Halliburton. And I like Killian Hayes' ceiling a little bit higher than Halliburton's, and I think this Bulls team needs to swing for a fence right now. Um, and, you know, there are certain elements of his game that are concerns, and you can address those. But to me, Killian Hayes' playmaking just screams unlimited potential. So that's who we took with the number four pick, Killian Hayes from France. I like the pick. I want to get more into positives and negatives and also get the reaction and follow up from draft expert Jeremy Wu. Let you guys hear that, too, and what he thought about our pick at number four. Before I do that, I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar, we've been telling you guys about them for the last several months. They've been fantastic to us. They're Fantastic to a lot of our listeners. We're getting a lot of great feedback from people that are indulging in Built Bars. Been telling you about their 12 original flavors, including my favorite, the peanut butter bar. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the healthy, conscious guy or girl in your life. Lose or maintain weight while you're indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, and high in fiber. They're great for the keto diet. Again, the, my my favorite is the peanut butter bar. It's got 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Again, 20% off your next order when you go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code Locked On. So, Matt, I'm not, I'm not at all surprised that we took Killian Hayes here. My question would be, and maybe this is a little bit of recency bias, too, after hearing Mike Schmitz and Jonathan Gavoni and, and Zach Lowe talk about what the value is for where Killian Hayes across the NBA and saying there's varying opinions about him. There's no question the Bulls are tied to him and tied to multiple of these combo guards, right? Him and Tyrese Halliburton both have that Bulls connection. So I'm with you on that, that I think the Bulls are going to take another stab at a guy that they can complete this backcourt of three guards and maybe even two combo guards. Same thing Donovan did in OKC. I think it makes sense and it worked there. That being said, Killian Hayes at 19 years old, do we expect him to come off the bench and are our fans going to be okay with the number four pick overall coming off the bench to start the season similar to the way that Kobe White was brought off the bench I don't see him being a starter and impact player right away he's going to be more of a project if you're okay taking that route I think fans got to be patient with him being patient can also have an effective hey this might pay off in two or three years and he is actually going to be the player that we wanted him to be I mean man his his mentality on defense watching the film is insane. Like, his ability to get his hands in passing lanes to to just choke the defense choke the offense and suffocate the suffocate the player with the ball is insane. I, I'm I'm fully on board with him. I'm just a little bit worried about how his offensive game translates to the NBA. And is he gonna be a guy that can be a pure ball handler? Because I don't know if if you think that Kobe White is going to be the pure ball handler of the future or if it's going to be Zach Levine or if there's a guy that's not even on this roster yet that is going to be kind of your commander of the offense. I like the pick, man, but the only thing I've got a question is whether or not we could have got him at a lower pick. I mean, I think it's 
possible that we could have gotten them at a lower pick if there was a, a trade to be made and there was a team that wanted desperately to trade up to number four. Um, there was a little bit of a talk with the Knicks that we had where maybe they were interested in trading up for four and they said, depending on who's available, um, and they mentioned Killian Hayes um, specifically. So, you know, the, the only nibble that we got on our line, on our hook, was... Uh, for, for you know us looking to trade down was the Knicks looking to trade up to select Killian Hayes. Um, so maybe if we had gone that route, we can find say Tyrese Halliburton at um, you know at uh, all the way back down several spots. I don't know if Halliburton would have still been there if we had swapped uh, and traded down with the Knicks. Uh, so there would have been a bit of a, would have been a bit bit of a gamble there. Um, is he a bit of an overreach at four? I don't necessarily think so. Um, I, I like his upside. I like his playmaking ability. I understand your concern about translating, uh, to the NBA. Obviously, you know, Bundesliga's level of competition is, I mean, it's not, it's not a joke. It's, it's certainly, you know, up there, uh, as far as international leagues, but it's not the best international league outside of the NBA. I understand those concerns as far as where he goes and whether or not he starts. I'm not concerned about that either. Like you said, Donovan is great with three-guard lineups. We saw a lot of that in OKC last season. And whether or not he starts, I'm guessing if Kobe and Zach are both still here this season, Donovan can find ways and find times in his rotation to, to put the three of them on the court together and just see how it goes. The only thing that really concerns me, like, again, if if AK and Mark Eversley think that Kelly and Hayes is their guy and and they can't find a way to trade down, and they also don't want to worry about the fact is, okay, say we trade down to maybe the Pistons at 7, or maybe we trade down to the Knicks at 8, or maybe we even go as far as we trade down to 12 where the Kings are. Do we want to worry and have the anxiety that some other team ahead of us is going to take the guy that we love? If you're okay and think that Killian Hayes and Tyrese Halliburton are about equals in terms of what you feel fits with the Bulls going forward... Then I think you can take the gamble of moving down and saying, all right, we'll just take the best. Whoever's there, Killian Hayes or Tyrese Halliburton, if one of those guys is already selected, we'll take the other one. That's totally fine with us. I'm okay with that approach there, but like again, if, if AK and Mark Eversley say, nah, like LaMelo was number one on our board, Killian Hayes was number two, we're taking him at four and no questions asked, then I'm cool with it. If they think that's the guy to go with, I'm 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 fine with it. The other thing, the one other weakness about Killian Hayes' game that concerns me a little bit, Matt. And this goes more towards the theme of what the Bulls' backcourt's going to look like is Zach Levine has a tough time consistently with his catch-and-shoot rate. Kobe White has struggled in his rookie season on the catch-and-shoot. Killian Hayes, also too in Europe, has had problems shooting off uh, catch-and-shoot. He only shot 18% on catch-and-shoot threes uh, in Europe last year. That's It's not great, but I think that's something that you can teach. The thing that I think people are most concerned about is can you teach defense? And I think that's one of the hardest things to do in the NBA is teach guys to be consistent and be disciplined on defense. That's something we talked about with Zach Levine for such a long time. It's like, can you get him to be consistent? And can you get him to be disciplined on every single play on defense? It's hard to teach that. And I think Killian Hayes has that discipline and the offense is easier to kind of train and going into the NBA. Same thing with LaMelo. We were talking about like if the defense is the biggest concern, then that might be more of an an issue and a pressing point than his offense of concerns coming into the NBA. But 
man, like thinking about it, do you have any concerns about potentially having three guys in your future, Zach, Kobe, and Killian Hayes, all needing the ball in their hands in order to be able to score consistently? I I see the concern, but to me, it's not a great one. Um, I think there are signs that that ease my concerns that that Hayes can become a better shooter um, playing off the ball. And like, I, I don't think Kobe or Zach are awful off the ball shooters um, by any stretch. And they, they you, there's always room for improvement there. But you know, Hayes is a great free throw shooter. Um, he's got a good mid-range game. He's got an accurate lethal floater. I think the you know the off-ball shooting will come around. Um, and and what I like even more in the meantime, which he, Zach and Kobe have to a degree, but I don't think it's to this degree, is his step back and his sidestep threes are insane. Like you know the the comp that people are throwing around is James Harden esque. And it's if you so watch tasty. the tape of of Killian Hayes on those sidesteps and his step backs. It straight up looks like James Harden. You know, my guy Kendall Gill might yell at you all day about how it's a travel, but guess what? The NBA refs are calling that these days. <laughs> I love his game creating his own shot behind the perimeter. It is fierce. Similar to Killian Hayes and James Harden, like Kobe White has that flash in him too, man. Like you watch some of his step backs and his moves. Like he had guys, he had guys spinning last year and fucking on ice skates. So with more confidence and more development in his game too, I think it's going to be a whole hell of a lot of fun to watch. And like, again, if Killian Hayes, I'm seeing some projections. So I was just reading a couple of projections too of like, what player comp could you give Killian Hayes? Like, what's the ideal player comp for him? D'Angelo Russell is coming up consistently. If Killian Hayes turned into something like a D'Angelo Russell, that's that's more than an, a great pick at four, correct? I mean, Yeah. Absolutely. If you get a player of D'Angelo Russell's value at number four, that's an excellent pick. So, again, this this is only me being getting greedy, is saying that after hearing some whispers about how Killian Hayes' value could be dropped, and you know how AK and AK's already capitalized on a lot of draft prospects with Denver dropping out of their original spots. This could be an opportunity for AK to do that in year one is like, hey, we'll trade back, gain another asset and also get the guy that we really loved and wanted from the get go and being Hayes, maybe moving down to seven or eight. But again, you play that game of do you want the anxiety of somebody moving in front of you and taking the guy that you really wanted? Um, Matt, quickly on catch and shoot threes last year, Zach Levine shot 42.6% from three. On about three attempts per game, Otto Porter shot 3.2 attempts per game on 42.2% from three. Adam Makoka, man, in 11 games shot 40% on <laughs> two threes per game. Can you believe that on catch and shoot threes, Adam Makoka? Well, I, I was not expecting to hear Adam Makoka's name when you were rattling off Bulls players on catch and shoot threes. And the first one was Zach, and the next one was Otto. I was not expecting the third one to be Adam fucking Makoka. Adam Makoka on one and a half threes per game, shot 40% on catch and shoot threes. He's a guy that I think is going to stick around, too, and we can talk about him way later, but I think he's going to stay on that two-way deal. Uh, but Kobe and, White... Uh, did you see that, uh, real quick, uh, on that topic? Did you see the tweet today? I think it was Shams, who the NBA is considering uh, significantly expanding the 45-day limit for those two-way contract players this season just because Ooh. of 
the the COVID you know world that we're in, and the NBA might have to do something similar to what the NFL is doing now with sort of like a COVID IR list for players, and so they want to have teams have a, a wider roster available. So they're talking about maybe making you know the the forty five day two way players something significantly higher than that. That's a conversation we got to have too. Is like what Which, is going to go- especially in a shortened seventy two game. And if you raise that number, that that limit, that forty five day limit to something significantly higher than that, you could be essentially talking about just expanding all thirty teams rosters. Yeah, and I, I don't think that's a bad idea either. The other thing that I'm thinking about real quickly is like, what are they going to do with the G League teams? Like, is that even going to be a consideration? And how do you pluck from those? teams to sign guys and keep those guys conditioned and ready to go I think that is a good idea though like the NBA like why not in a in a weird season anyway why not add two more two-way contracts or extend the timeline of those two-way contracts and allow teams to expand their roster maybe not on game days where you still keep your game day roster at 15 but allow teams to at any one time have 15 guys on the rot or 20 guys on the roster and five reserves I think that makes a whole hell of a lot of sense in a weird time that we're in right now. But again, it probably goes back to cost as well. Um, but yeah, that's funny. Adam Makoka, though, like he was getting tweets left and right across. I know he won player of the tournament in France. He won the MVP there. So some good things cooking with him as much as we joke about uh, Jim Boylan saying that he wanted to run something for Makoka at the end of the game. Uh, Dude, I think Makoka this could be a decent player. Never forget. Oh, my God. Uh, but finishing up on catch and shoot threes, I don't know even know how we got here on Adam Makoka, <laughs> but we're here. Uh, Kobe White on nearly four catch four attempts on catch and shoot threes, shot 37% as a rookie. So good for him. Like that, that is huge. Right? That is See, young. So, like, yeah, Otto and Zach both over 40% on catch and shoot threes. Kobe as a rookie. 37% and change. You can expect to see that go up if he continues to work on that element of his game. That's why that's not a big problem for me. Like, you know, you're talking about uh, a collection of shooters there, many of whom will will see minutes sharing the floor with Killian Hayes and his amazing playmaking and passing ability, not to mention Lowry. Dude, spray that ball all over the place and those guys will knock down their threes. It's a good thing we got Billy Donovan. He's going to preach sharing the ball. Like you watch OKC, all they did was share the ball and finding guys and finding the extra pass. And that's something the Bulls never did or, last you know, year. Run the, run the same pick and roll 18 times with CP3 in the fourth quarter and make a 25-point <laughs> comeback. That's true, too. Maybe we can get that similar thing going with Carter and Kobe White or Carter and Levine this season coming up. Um, back to the draft, though, real fast. Let's uh, check in with Jeremy Wu, who's our draft and uh, locked on NBA's draft expert, and hear what he had to say about the pick. Killian Hayes, uh, interesting pick here at number four. Uh, I think there's definitely a case for him this high. Um, you know, a, a player who's really made positive strides over the last couple of years. I think this is a pick that's not without risk. Um, you know, Hayes is a six-five point guard. You know, has a really you know promising, I think, all around. Uh, Good, good frame, good feel for the game. You know, just a pretty well-rounded player. He, he's still refining the jumper. Um, you know, he has to work on you know his right hand. You know, he's not a guy who I would expect to necessarily be your starting point guard right away. Uh, but for Chicago, where you know playmaking is a strong need on the roster, uh, I think he can play with Kobe White. Um, I don't, I don't see it as an issue. Um, and you know, if you really believe in the upside here, then I, I think it's a, it's a solid pick. 
so he thinks it's a solid pick. Again, it goes back to the kind of the, the things that we addressed already. He did bring up his right hand. He's very weak dribbling to his right, which I think is something that, that can be improved over time and something coaching staff and other great ball handlers on the team already can teach. I mean, you talking about a coaching staff that has plenty of guards on it, Billy Donovan, Mo Cheeks, you know, coach the kid up, teach him how to drive with his right hand, teach him how to pass at, with his right hand as well as he passes with his left hand. It can be done. 100%. 100%. Uh, the last thing that I've got is just let's let's talk about the other scenarios at four and what could have possibly happened. Uh, let's talk about a few prospects and why we decided not to go with them. Uh, first, let's talk about Wiseman really fast. Was there any thought in our mind, in your mind, that maybe we should just take Wiseman because he's got the highest ceiling at four and immediately put him on the market for trades and see what we can get for him? Was there a thought that crossed your mind at all about that? There was. Um, my concern there was finding takers finding buyers for Wiseman um, who would be willing to give up quality pieces to get him because they wanted him that badly. Um, and I, I could be completely underestimating Wiseman and his ceiling. I just, to me, there is so little to go on when you're trying to evaluate his game and it's not so much that I'm worried about the headache of the backlogged front court with the Bulls and then figuring out, all right, do you trade Wiseman and you'll flip him right away? Or do you try and fit him somewhere into this new, you know, Bulls rebuild 2.0 and look to flip Lowry or Wendell? And then, of course, that gets my head worrying about how those players both have pretty, like, you know, drastically low trade values at this particular point in time. And then so maybe you're selling low on one of them. So do you sell low on one of them and see if you can make Wiseman a part of this new core? Or do you try and see what you can get for Wiseman and gamble that you can get something quality for him just by taking him on draft night without a trade in place? Both of those uh, options worried me a little too much to, to pull the trigger on him. I agree, too. And thinking about the way that... Billy Donovan used Steven Adams thinking about the way he used Nerlens Noel to an OKC. It's like I get AK and Mark Eversley have a consistent track record of being able to build up and develop bigs. But at the same time, you've already got two bigs on this team. And actually, like I would throw Gafford in there too, man, like three bigs on this team that could use a lot of development and already need a ton of playing time. That and that, again, it gets me being it's me being greedy again. It's me wanting to get the most out of that fourth pick and thinking AK can outsmart other people and say, hey, take Wiseman here. Let me dangle Wiseman in front of you. Give me an asset and let me move down and take a different guy. And you guys, you guys deal with the anxiety of having to develop a guy with that high of a ceiling, but also having a, a bust rate that's pretty high, too. So for me. I'm okay with being a little bit more safe, playing it a little bit more safe. And with the way that the NBA is going to Matt and taking multiple combo guards, the way that Donovan wants to, the way that he's coached OKC and the way that I think he's going to want to coach the Bulls going forward makes a ton of sense why the Bulls would take a combo guard in this draft. Uh, the other one would be Denny Avija. Uh, is he, would he be at all in consideration at four? Was he somebody that you thought about taking or does it just again not make a whole lot of sense for what the Bulls are planning on doing in the future? 
obviously he's a name that has been in Bulls uh, potential pick talks that you know this whole time for months and months and months now. Um, you know, there's you know, of course people talk about all right. Well, you know, AK clearly has a lot a, a big spider web of of scouting and and f- contacts with international basketball. Then he's an international prospect, um, maybe a, a playmaking big. Not not saying he has the same ceiling as Nikola Jokic, but certainly um, perhaps uh, of a similar mold. Um, a, a big who can really uh, you know run the floor well and make those uh, you know great um, floor spacing passes as a big that you might not necessarily expect from every big in the league. Um, so like I understand why there has been that connection the whole time. Also, I think you know hasn't he said in a couple of interviews that like he grew up a pretty big Bulls fan because hey guess what he's an international kid who loves basketball and the Bulls are still the most popular international brand in 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 the NBA right now. So you know there are a couple of connections. Um, yeah, you know, albeit you know maybe lazy ones if you want to call them that. I do know that that you know this team is also at a crossroads when it comes to what the future of that wing spot is. Otto is probably not going to be around after he opts into this gigantic final year of his contract. Hutch doesn't seem like a reliable option yet. And he's an enticing piece. I worry about his shooting. I really worry about his free throw shooting numbers. And I'm, I want, I want this team to have a quality playmaker in the backcourt. Finally, 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 how many years has it been now since Derrick Rose's knees went to shit and we haven't solved the point guard problem? That's why I'm willing to take a gamble on Killian Hayes being that guy more so than I want Denny, who I think is going to disappoint a lot of people who think he's the next Luka or anything remotely close to it. We've added Jerry and Grant, who we talked about. That didn't resolve our point guard problem? (laughs) No. (laughs) No. Neither did Isaiah Cannon. Oh, Neither God. did Michael Carter Williams. Oh God, I haven't bad. Augustine did for like a nice season and a half there. Uh, I'm having shout bad out Bulls PTSD right now, man. Like that is just it, it is so bad. But shout out to John Lucas though. Real side note is shout out to John Lucas who got a an assistant coaching job on the Rockets staff too. So shout out to him. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean the Bulls have had such problems, and again, like. People are going to scream at us again, Matt, as soon as we drop this episode. It's going to be like, why are you guys talking about the Bulls need a point guard? We got Kobe White. Kobe White's not a point guard, man. He's not going to be a point guard, especially the way Donovan's going to want to play things. I just don't see it. And it shouldn't be a knock on Kobe White. He should be used for his main strength, and that's being able as a pure scorer, man. The ability, Mm -hmm. like we were just talking about. The step back dribbles, the the ability to get to the rim and finish, the ability to shoot threes at a consistent clip. I, I want to see him play the two more than I want to see him lead the offense. And that's not a knock on Kobe again. Right. And I, like Kobe said, I think he said this during the team's little, you know, two week minicamp bubble uh, at the back end of the summer, that he wants the opportunity to go out and prove in training camp that he should be this team's starting point guard or at least one of this team's starting guards uh, alongside Zach, assuming they're both still here. And, you know, don't knock the kid for the confidence. And I think he absolutely should get some run. And, I mean, when the Bulls released that video of their five-on-five scrimmages, yes, it was an inter-squad scrimmage, and it was the first basketball they'd all played in months. But Kobe White looked like 
the best player on the floor. And he also looked like a pretty competent dis uh, distributing guard in transition. But making some solid passes and some solid reads in transition is not the same thing as being a reliable, every time down the court, half-court offense floor general. They're different things. And I'm not saying Kobe can't get better at that element of his game as well, but what we have heard is that the Bulls' new front office so far sees Kobe as more of a two-guard, more of an off-the-ball scoring guard than a point guard. That's what we've heard, so that is what I will believe the front office is planning to do with Kobe for the most part out of the gate this season. Back to Denny real fast. The Bulls would be the new heartthrob team. I mean, you think about think about Hutch, how much people love Hutch. Think about how, how much people love Zach. Like, the marketability of this team would be absolutely insane. And same thing from an international Wait, perspective. I'm sorry, people love Hutch? From from a physical look standpoint, he's got he's got model model esque hair. He's got. The, I mean, I know people are obsessed with the hairline, but isn't that about it? Believe me, you put all three of those guys. Oh, plus two. We can't. We can't. We can't knock Denzel either because Denzel was an express model too. He had a bunch of ads going the last couple of seasons too, so he's there too. But thinking from an international perspective for a second, like Lowry Markinen and Denny. I mean, it would expand the Bulls' global brand as well. That's just a small piece of things, but just thinking if the Bulls took Denny. I mean, uh, I don't think the Bulls need to worry about expanding their they global definitely brand. Don't. I'm pretty sure it's already there. They definitely don't. Um, but yeah, I think there's also a couple other prospects we didn't talk about necessarily, but I feel pretty comfortable with taking Killian Hayes at four if that's the guy. Um Again, my, my one main concern was saying, like, it, is there a possibility we could have traded down and gained an asset? And that's just the risk and reward you play with uh, when drafting guys. But again, if you guys have thoughts, comments, you agree, disagree with our pick, uh, give us some reasons. Drop it for us at 331-979-1369. Picks 1 through 6 are out right now unlocked on NBA's feed, so go check that out. Tomorrow will be another chunk of picks, so make sure that you're subscribed to their feed so you get that episode as soon as it drops. Matt and I periodically throughout the week and into next week will talk a, a little bit, touch on a little bit about how the draft has shaped out, the mock draft has shaped out over the next several days. So we'll keep you updated as well. 331-979-1369, the place to hit us up. We're on Twitter at Jordan C. Malley, at Bulls underscore Peck, and at Locked On Bulls. For Matt Peck, I'm Jordan Malley, Bulls Nation. Have a wonderful day. Be back tomorrow with a fresh episode. For Jordan and Matt, we are out. We, we studied the options, and we've studied the NBA, and we've studied the history of the NBA. I understand it, but you, I heard you crying that you think... I wasn't crying, I was calling it like it was. Locked on Bulls, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. For more content and to stay up to date, head over to LockedOnBulls.com.